welcome to Weekly Business Talk. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, this week we've got a bit of a treat. This this today has been the most challenging interview I've had, um, but we had on the real Bradley. So you're probably aware of these names, uh, Damon John, that was the, the Shark Tank guy in America. Grant Cardone, massive sales guy, slightly controversial, and, and one that I think we all love is Tony Robbins, um, major sort of life coach. But they, they, they use an online training platform, and the training platform, the creation of it, the company that they'll use is this guy, Brad Lee. It's his company. He's the founder. He's the CEO. Does circa $100 million a year. So he's an incredibly intelligent businessman. We spoke about training, the importance of it, whether you're on your own, you're sort of a solopreneur, um, whether you want to grow or not is immaterial, but training, how important it is and what you should do. There's, there's four key things that he discusses. But we also, because he is such an intelligent businessman, we got on to things such as what we should look at or look for when we're training or, or looking to recruit salespeople. Uh, and one that I liked, because we've got some subject matters coming up and, and discussions on work ethic and hard work in particular, at the end of it, we talked about success and, and one thing that he looks for, or is hard work a thing or is working a lot what we actually mean? So make sure you listen right to the very end. This is Weekly Business Talk. This is with the real Bradley. I'm Scott Ewart. Check it out. This is not a podcast to just get you motivated and inspired. This podcast comes with the sole purpose to discuss strategies that we can all implement into our business right now that can increase how much money we earn. We'll hear from successful business people about marketing, sales, recruitment, training and mindset. The key principles to grow a business, make it recession-proof and thrive in today's business world. So... Brad Wee, thank you for joining us on Weekly Business Talk. Um, now, just to give you a, a bit of an idea about the, what Weekly Business Talk is, because, of course, everybody has a podcast nowadays. Um, we predominantly UK uh, business owners listen to us, and we talk about marketing, sales. If you're a one-man band solopreneur and you want to grow, how do we do that? You know, Basically just, well... To use a phrase that I've heard you use, because of course I, I, I am a member of the Bomb Squad. Nice. So to use a term that you use is to, we, we, we're going to just shoot the shit. Um, and, but it's going to focus on training, because I love training, but I don't quite think we do it right. And I think there's a lot of people do the same. So, well, tell me before you were the real Bradley... Give me your sort of five-minute bio, Brad. What 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 was it before Lightspeed? I know it's what 15, 20 years that you've been building Lightspeed. Twenty, but yeah. Twenty years. What what happened beforehand? What were you doing? Beforehand, I was pretty much just trying to find out who I was. I was you know running around selling everything from cars to art. Um, you know, Renoir, Chagall, Monet, Nissan, Honda, Dodge, Mercedes. RVs, pretty much anything that uh, tickled my fancy at the moment. But up till about 30 years old, I was really um, chasing success, trying to figure out how to get rich, figure out how to make more money. And it was always about me, me, me. And then at around 30 years old, <clears throat> I decided I wanted to start helping other people make more money. And as soon as I started helping other people and worrying about other people, that's when success started chasing me. Fantastic. And is that when, so were you in the training space before you said, I'm going to set up this platform so that all of these people that are providing training um, can actually jump on and, and use my platform and I'll charge them and do revenue shares with them? Or was this, was the training space new to you? No, <clears throat> I was running sales teams and I was very successful uh, training my own salespeople. And so I would hire and train salespeople from scratch where they had no experience. They were flipping hamburgers. They were digging ditches. 
you know, just the general laborer. And I would take a laborer and turn them into a highly efficient salesperson. And I got really good at that. And, and that's kind of how it led into the rest of the, my career, which I took a gentleman that was working very, very diligently, very hard, but was making minimum wage in a labor job. And I liked him. I liked his wife. I liked his kids. The whole family was just good people. So I ultimately said, hey, let me help you. I want to show you how to make more money than you're making. You got a good personality. You just need to know some skills. And I literally went, I, I took him from minimum wage to about 15000 a month within about 60 days. And so it changed his life and I watched everything. And I thought, that's when I thought, man, that feels good. I want to help other people make more money. So I quit my job and I started a training company. And I went out on the road to ultimately do what I had just done for this company for the last several years. And when I went out on the road, I couldn't get the same result. It wasn't working like it used to work. And I had to figure out why could I not duplicate the success. And it boiled down to four key ingredients when it comes to training. The four key ingredients that must be present in any training program to be effective is good content, repetition, practice, and accountability. And I started to realize that when I was out on the road trying to help these companies, they were paying me $10,000 to come in for a day and train their sales staff. But it wouldn't work. Like I said, I couldn't get them to actually win like before. So I just sat there for a little bit and decided I need to figure this out or I cannot keep charging people $10,000 because I know that it's not working. I know that they're not actually learning. And so I just started to trace back what I did before as opposed to what I'm doing now, as opposed to what I'm doing now. And I found the four key ingredients. I'm like, man, when I worked every day, 60 hours a day, I was repeating myself. There was repetition, there was practice, there was role play, and there was accountability. And when I'm out on the road, there wasn't any repetition because I left after the day was over. There wasn't any accountability because they didn't work for me. Nobody was holding them accountable. And there wasn't much practice. So I developed the platform, the technology, to help me deliver good content, practice, repetition, and accountability so my training would actually work. So I developed it for myself. It started working because we built an actual learning system, not just a video hosting solution. We built a system that was designed to get you to learn what was in it. And it started to work so well that it started to get attention from other people and other companies and they're like, what's with this system? So I started to show the other system to these other guys, these other trainers, these other subject matter experts, white labeled it and boom, now we're Lightspeed VT and that's what we do. We help people um, train better, train more effectively because again, I mean, at the end of the day, training is the core of anything successful. If any business owner came to me and said, Brad, I need you to get me a 20 to 30% increase in productivity. Forget retention and, and lower liability and all that. Just 20 to 30% more productivity. I can promise you it's going to start with training. Yeah, because you, you've, you've described it as the very best investment any company can make. Is that something you stand by? 100%. Because again, I can take over pretty much any company and get an increase simply by training. Now, again, if the company's already at the top of their game and they're already actually training people, not exposing people, because a lot of companies have training programs, but they don't include those four ingredients, which means it's not a training program, it's an exposure program, which means they're exposing their employees or their teams to training or content, but there's no repetition, there's no practice, there's no accountability, which means it's really not training, it's exposing. And companies believe that they're training, so they're spending this time and they're spending this money, but they're getting very little result compared to if they did it correctly. Problem is, is most people don't realize it. They don't realize they're not doing it correctly. Imagine if you went into a doctor's office and you were there to get a shot of penicillin, and the doctor walked up and squirted it next to your arm, but he didn't actually put it in your arm. 
three weeks later, you would think I've had penicillin and it doesn't work. It's not working. Well, that's because it's not getting to the right place. So a lot of companies have a problem with training. They just don't realize they do. Um, so I can pretty much show any company how to get a 20 to 30% increase in productivity just by simply training their people effectively. So, so just be clear, because that was one of the questions I had there. What is the biggest problem that companies face? And, and as you've said there, well, they think they're doing it right, but they're not. It's they're exposing their people, uh, not necessarily training their people. But what is, you know, can you be more specific in terms of what would a company be doing or thinking that is exposing their staff versus actually training them? Or what would they not be doing? Well, like bringing me in for a day to talk to their salespeople, that's not training, that's exposing. So going in terms of, well, let's use some of the big events, I mean, are you a fan of the big events where you take your team along and, you know, they get jacked up, they, they learn some skills, they get some ideas, they get motivated, are they good? Or are they should they be done in addition to training? Yeah, I would say that they're good for certain purposes, motivation, building networks, building relationships, you know, the hype and the fun of it all. But to learn, you don't learn at those events. You get exposed. You get exposed to ideas. You get exposed to beliefs. You get exposed to techniques, but you don't get trained. In order to train, you must have repetition, practice, and accountability. That's not happening at these events. At these events, it's all about listen to me for an hour, tell you all the things I know, you get excited, and then run out there and try to figure out exactly how to do it. Or buy my product at the end and I'll teach you how to do it. But again, it's not training, it's exposing. Too many companies are simply exposing their employees and then they're wondering why there's turnover, why people aren't as good as they should be, why their customers aren't taken care of like they want them to be, and it boils down to training. You're not training your people correctly. So, so in terms of frequency, how, how often, well, two questions actually, should you train different departments in different ways or should you do a sort of company training? So your admin and operations and your sales team, should they train together or separately? And how often should you train them? Well, training isn't something you did. It's something you do. So I would train them as often as it took to get them good. Now, again, if I asked you a question, would you rather hire somebody that knew everything about your business, knew everything about your processes, or would you rather train or would you rather hire somebody that had no clue who you are or what you did? Well, it seems like a slightly trick question, but I would go with the first one, the knew everything. Right. Well, how do you think brand new people know everything? They don't. So you have to train them. So now the question is, do I want to train them manually and inefficiently or do I want to train them virtually and efficiently, especially when the second one's actually cheaper than the first one? So to do it manually takes a lot of time and energy because I did it without the system prior and you can do it live. You can do it manually, but it's a lot of work. And it puts up limits. But if you do what you do virtually or a blend of live and virtual, now you can scale, you can provide the repetition, and you can leverage technology. I always say, listen, in the future, there's only going to be two kinds of companies left. Those who use technology and those who make technology. So ask yourself a question if you're in business. Do you make technology? If the answer is no, then you better use it. Because if you don't use it or make it, you're not going to be in business in the future. Mm, yeah, technology um, in a lot of businesses is so far behind. So technology in terms of the training, you're talking about the virtual training aspect of it, having it on demand, even if the sales manager is not available, if he or she is off unwell, they should still be doing their training. Is that what the benefit of the virtual training actually is? The sales manager, by definition, should be managing, not training, okay? If they're training, how are they managing? Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, it's the sales manager's responsibility to train them. Well, the sales manager should get light speed and have it done professionally because 
If you're managing sales, then you're not training. And if you're training, well, then you're not managing sales. So really you have a part-time sales manager and a part-time trainer. What's gonna get done very well if it's part-time, first of all? Second of all, there's no consistency. The person's not gonna be in the same mood every day. They're not gonna remember the same thing every day. Why not train people consistently? Why not give everybody the exact same information and give everybody the exact same opportunities? Listen, here's a, here's a thing for your listeners. Here's what you need to do, folks, if you own a business. I call it map out your business, okay? Take a piece of paper, Scott. Literally write down every position or role that your business requires in order to do business. For example, I need a receptionist. I need a salesperson. I need a sales manager. I need a warehouse worker. Whatever it is, write down every position that your business requires in order to operate, okay? Down a list. Let's say you have 10 positions. Now, I want you to take each position going out and I want you to write down what training you have in place for each one of those. And when you're done, you're gonna realize, holy shit, man, I'm not training my people. Yeah, I think that's clear for most businesses. Uh that the amount of training that is getting done, I think. Okay, but, but listen, if you ask a business, do you offer training? They're going to say yes, but they don't. They offer exposure. Yeah. Hands up, Brad. I think that's exactly what we do. We've had two new staff come in this week. Um, there has been training, but, you know, now diving deep into it. Yeah, it's probably exposure. We're showing them different things. It's inconsistent. Um, they're getting some information, but... Um, probably not the way it should be done most definitely not to mention like how many times have you said your abcs that many times i can't remember why why would they have you say them so many times just to make it stick okay and that's just the alphabet yeah listen in order to learn you need repetition that's why school is 12 years and not 12 days Okay, you need repetition to learn, yet we hire people and expect them to learn because we told them once, or maybe twice, or maybe three times. Well, as soon as you've said it more than three times, well, then you're the fool because why wouldn't you just tell Lightspeed and let Lightspeed tell the next thousand people that you hire while you're actually managing or growing your business or, or, or working on your business? So when someone starts at a company, I can give them a password which costs me less than a cup of coffee. I can give them a password and literally let them go through an onboarding course that tells them everything I wanna tell them. It asks any questions that I wanna know from this individual and it does it with repetition and accountability and practice. And by the time I see them on their first day, they do know everything about the company. They do know all my policies. They know my management. They know my expectations and their chance of success is far greater. So imagine, instead of spending less than a cup of coffee to get your new employee onboarded properly, you choose to do it inconsistently, manually take your time. How much is your time worth? You're not testing them. You don't know if they understand. You know how you tell if someone understands at most training programs? Like this, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. All right, good. Okay, so now, so now I have to assume you know what I'm saying. I didn't test you. If you know what I'm saying, can't you pass the test? If you know what I'm saying, can't you perform the, 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 the simulation or the exercise? If you knew what I was saying, you could. Well, then why aren't you asking people questions? Well, because guess what? You're not training them. That's why you're exposing them. Stop exposing your people and start training your people and you'll get an unbelievable upswing in productivity, morale, culture, et cetera, et cetera. The benefit is unbelievable, but why don't people do it? Because they don't know any better. That's the problem. It's like, imagine thinking that you're going to the gym. You walk into the gym and you honestly believe that picking up one weight, doing one curl and setting it down and leaving is gonna do something for you. After six months of doing it, you're going to sit there and someone's going to say, do you lift weights? You're going to say, yeah, I lift weights. 
No, you don't. You walk in and you do one rep. That's not lifting. That's not training. That's not working. Imagine if you're going to war. Imagine if the military lets, let you watch a video. One video, one time, and then sent you to war. Would you be prepared to go to war? It's not likely. Okay, well, business is war, my friend. Business is war. And you're letting your customers train your employees because you're not. And if someone says, yes, I am, we have training every Friday. Okay, I can promise you, A, it's inconsistent. For sure, no matter who you are. B, there's no accountability because you're not testing every individual that you're quote unquote training. You're not practicing and role playing with them individually. You might be doing it as a group. And by the way, there's some companies out there that are doing all four things. In, they're doing it manually. So then, then why would you do it virtually? Well, because this is limited. You can only do so much. You can only help so many people. So if you're a small company and, and you don't, you know, you have time and you can afford to do it manually and you know exactly what you're doing and it's actually training, well, then keep doing it manually. The problem is, is it's not scalable. It's not consistent. And man, you should have better things to do. You know, training people, at least on the first go around, should be done virtually. Like when, we, when someone starts here at Lightspeed, they get a password and then they can come talk to me. Like so until, you, until, you our, until you go through our onboarding course, I won't even talk to you because you know what you find? Let's say I give out 10 passwords to 10 new employees. Two of them don't even log in. Well, guess what that tells me? Not interested. That we made the wrong hire in the first place because they can't even follow a simple direction like log in. So it already eliminates two problems for me just because I gave out a password and figured out two people that we've hired can't even figure out how to log in and follow direction. So we just eliminated two potential problems. That's worth the money all by itself. Then the other, let's say, eight people logged in and went through the content. By the time I see them to answer questions, the conversations at a much higher level. Their, their understanding of my company and my expectations and their job role is already kind of, you know, understood to a point. Now I can polish them and give them advice and counsel and leadership. That's what individuals should be providing is leadership and counseling and, and you know, mentoring, training, I don't need to sit there and say to somebody that I hired what my history was and where we came from and how it started and what I expect. How many times am I expected to say that? If I'm going to be in business another 20 years, how many more times am I going to have to say this? Why not just tell Lightspeed and let Lightspeed tell the next 100 employees? Then I can talk to them. Make more sense? Makes complete sense. And so do you have, Brad, in, in that example you use your own company, do you have a tailored system for, say, the receptionist versus the salesperson versus the warehouse operative? It's all some parts will be the same, but then each part is different. Well, of course, dude. The warehouse person doesn't need to learn how to answer the phone and operate the phone equipment. Okay. However, so however, however, the benefit of having it all virtualized is let's say the warehouse person is going to fill in for the receptionist. I can give them a password. They can go learn the phone system just like this without anybody taking any time. Why? Because somebody took the time to put the training in there. So again, the receptionist does have different training than the warehouse person. The managers, for example, in most companies, they don't require managers to go through the courses that the salespeople go through. Well, how do you hold someone accountable if you don't know what it is they're supposed to be doing? So if you're gonna train, if you're gonna train correctly, you want managers to go through the same content as the employees on the front line. The reason why is because the managers need to know what's expected from those people. So most companies, they'll train the frontline people or the employees on that training and then they'll train managers on something else, management training. Well, where they fail, where they fail is they need to train the managers on what they're training the individuals as well. Got you. And if I can talk about 
the sales force because being a salesperson myself, that's what I'm passionate about. How often, whether it's live training, let's say it's virtual training, should the sales team, is it a daily thing? You know, there's some well-known people out there, uh, friends of yours, Mr. Cardone, who talks about every morning his sales team are training and role-playing, and clearly they do pretty well. But is that, should we be training every single day? Well, it depends on the position and the circumstances, but in most cases, I would say yes. The reason why is because training and development isn't something you did, it's something you do. So should you brush your teeth every day? I would say so. Why not train every day? Why? So here's the question. Training gets your, your employees better, correct? Yep. Do you want them to become better every day or every other day? Absolutely. You want them to be better once a month or once a day? Every day, my friend. Okay, so that's, that's your answer. I mean, you know, should people train every day? Get rid of the word train and you should say, should, do I want my people to improve every day? Well, the answer is yes. Well, then they should train every day because training is practice, role play, accountability, repetition. So every day there's the repetition. Every day they get used to it. Now, I also say when somebody gets to a level that they're so good, you, don't, you can't imagine them being any better. Do they need to train? No, they don't need to train anymore. They're as good as they're ever going to be. Well, guess what? Those people, according to my data, because we have millions of users, thousands of companies, the best, top, highest productivity-based employees there are are the ones that train the most. They're the ones that are in there more than the rest of them. What does that tell you? The top producing people are the ones training the most. Go figure. What a coincidence. And I go you know it's, it's the ones that aren't training that need it the most. And they're the ones that ruin it because they're the ones that are bitching about training. They're complaining about having to get better. And they're complaining to the boss. And guess what the boss usually does? They get rid of the training. Yeah. Instead of the employee. Like if you have an employee that doesn't want to train and develop and learn and grow and be better for you and your organization, then they shouldn't be at your organization. So when, when I hire somebody here, I let them know that we train on a regular basis. You're expected to actually become better if you work here. Believe it or not, I attract a higher quality individual. Because if you don't want to get better, I really don't want you in my company. How about you? Oh, without a doubt, absolutely the same. Yeah, so how do, you, how do you know right now if you don't have a training system? How do you know if somebody's willing to learn if you're not providing it? You don't, which is why you have what I call undercover problems. Means you have about, let's say you have 20 people at your company. There could be four or five of them that wouldn't train if you, had, if you gave it to them. Well, those, those are individuals that need to be removed from your team if you want a world-class team. Because in order to have a world-class team, you need to have world-class training. Got you, got you. And how would you, because we have a lot of listeners that, well, there is no team, it's just them, possibly them in their house. Um, how would you say the, 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 the one-man band, the solopreneur, how do they get better? That, you know, what, what should they be doing to, to get better? You know, they can't, they don't have a company that can buy a Lightspeed VT platform. Uh, to then train their people on relevant to their position? How, how do they do it? Well, first of all, you, my 13-year-old, I don't have a 13-year-old kid. My, my six-year-old kid can afford light speed. Yeah. So, so today, anyone can afford it. The question is, is you know, what are you using it for? Because we do have a plan where you can, you can use it for a couple hundred bucks. But at the end of the day, an individual solopreneur's goal is to be solopreneur their whole life. Well, then they don't need Lightspeed. They need Lightspeed products, meaning development, training, sales training. They need training. They don't need the system. The system is for someone that wants to deliver, track, and measure interactive content, train employees, make money online, uh, help people learn. So, like, the platform is for people like Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, Damon John, 
all these people that want to train and educate people or companies that have employees that want to train and educate people. The platform is not for an individual unless they're buying the training from the individuals that are looking to train people. So you, you think that these individuals should be going to, you know, your Grant Cardones, your Damon Jones, your Tony, they should be going and doing deals with them. Yeah, they're the library. I mean, dude, if you're not learning, you're, you're burning, you know. The more you learn, the more you earn. If you're a solopreneur and you want to be bigger than that, do you know how to scale? Do you know how to do digital marketing? Do you know how to close? Do you know how to prospect? Do you know how to follow up? Do you know how to freaking uh, get financing? Do you know how to uh, negotiate interest rates? Do you know how to lease properties? I mean, there's a lot of information that you need to know in order to be a successful business person, and you're not always the expert. So at the end of the day, you can get a system, you put in your expertise in it, but then you start to aggregate and identify other experts in other areas, and you collectively create a training system that makes you stand out and better than your competition. If, if one way you want to be better than your competition, train, because 90% of the time, your competition isn't training any better than you are. Well, you're around the training space all the time. Um, how do you, do you, you, you'll see the figures when the solopreneur, the individual person sign up for say a Grant Cardone, um, Cardone University or one of the other many out there, do, do, do is there people that, are these people actually following through, do the numbers show, the stats show that they are doing it consistently, the way that they should be doing it? Well, the majority would log in and, and, and not use it like they're supposed to. Majority will go in, go through a course, and consider themselves trained. When in reality, they're just exposed virtually. Because you can expose people virtually too. Put a course in Lightspeed, give it to somebody once, it's the same thing. It, it doesn't, the, the system doesn't solve learning. It helps automate learning and ensure learning. So if you're letting someone go through an online video once, it's not training, even if it's in a training system. And and you spoke about the content. So whether it's live or whether it's virtual, how, how would you come up with the content? Say it was sales. Do you literally just break down all the elements of the sales position, closing, building a network, building rapport, etc., and they just record the video for each each part of it? Yeah, it depends. If you're selling content, you probably want a higher level of quality. If, if it's an employee uh, module, you know, they don't get, they don't have to buy it generally. You're giving it to them. So it doesn't have to be as high quality when someone's just getting it for free. So at the end of the day, it depends on a few things, but ultimately, you know, I can take my iPhone and make content. So believe it or not, like when we made reception training, I had my receptionist make it. She's the one that did it. She's the one that does it. She knows how to run the phones. She knows what time to open up the office. She knows where the filters for the coffee in the lobby are. She knows what side things need to get done throughout the day. Who better to create the training than her? Now, that's because she's doing a great job. Now, what if she quits? I can hire somebody, give them a password, and the receptionist that is no longer here but, but we loved, could literally train the next person to do every single thing that person did. So sometimes you'll let the person doing the job make it. How many times does a company have a really, really key employee and then they end up leaving or quitting or starting their own business and now you don't have that key employee? Why not make a training module based on that key employee? What are they doing? What are they saying? What are they, you know, what makes them different than everybody else? Well, capture it with a video, with an iPhone. Put it in your training system. Just the other day, because we get a lot of subject matter experts in here, obviously, because we have studios and we, we create their content for them in a lot of cases. So we get a lot of times where they offer to, hey, go train the sales team for free. And, you know, these guys charge $10,000 for a couple hours. So I'm like, sure, love, love for you to go train them. So they go downstairs, but what they don't know, I mean, they do know this after it's all over, but what they don't know is I record everything they said. Then I drop it in my training system, assign test questions, and then I tell people to go through it six times. And by the time they're done going through it six times, they can now actually start to repeat what it is they talked about. 
Because if you bring in a sales trainer right now, don't tell anybody this, but you go hire a sales trainer, bring them in for the day, have your whole team there, have them take the best notes ever, let the sales trainer leave, and then three days later, ask them questions about what was talked about, and they won't remember half of what the person said. So you think quite a lot of these sales trainers are, that they're going with the flow, they're just, I mean, they've maybe got a general principle, but they're just chop and change whenever? Again, they're not doing it intentionally. They're literally trying to convey information. The problem is, is we as human beings need repetition to learn. We need repetition to learn. Again, how many times have you been introduced to somebody and 10 minutes later forgot their name? Well, I make it kind of important to make sure I don't, but I understand where you're going, yeah. It happens. You've never forgotten anyone's name? Of course I have, but I am intentionally aware now. I, you know, I've got a little routine I go through and to, to purposely remember people's name, but I understand the point. It? How do you do it? I'll bet you anything you use it and you practice it and you state it and you use repetition. Absolutely. That's what I'll do is I'll repeat their name back to them and I'll say it to myself a few times without a doubt, yeah. Okay, so basically what you're doing is you're practicing, repeating, repetition, and then you're being held accountable because if you just said, hey, Barney, I'd say, dude, it's Brad. And then you're held accountable to use my name. And now all of a sudden, you'll remember my name. You'll learn my name. Now, some people can learn faster than others. Like you can tell me something and I might understand it better than the next person. Well, the question is, how do you know who's who? It might take me six hours to figure out something that takes you six minutes. Well, in today's training standards, I'm going to have to sit there and listen for six hours while some idiot has to be, you know, trained for six hours, which now me who learns in six minutes, what, what do you think I'm doing? Oh, you're hey, A, I'm wasting my time because I could be out producing for you. B, you have no idea that I actually know what it is you're talking about because you haven't even stopped to ask me any questions. Number three, you're pissing me off. Now I'm starting to become disenchanted with your whole organization. So your A players are relegated to, to D player training, and now you're wondering why you have turnover. Well, you're not training people based on who they are because you have no interactive technology to do so. You're relying on Jimmy, the sales manager. And guess what Jimmy does? He sets everybody down and he makes you all listen to everything. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care what you know. He doesn't care what you think. Dude, that's not training. That's exposing. Okay. And you've been quite specific on accountability. And virtual yeah, without training. Accountability. Without accountability, nothing works. Well, who, who, how is it you with the virtual training hold them accountable? Is it statistics? Is the system doing it? Or is that left to then say the trainer or the sales manager or the, the, the leader of the organization to then, you know, test them on it, to ask them questions, to how would the accountability part come into it? Well, the system itself does all of the testing and role playing and, and simulations. The individual, the human being in management would then inspect what they expect. So rather than what's currently happening, which is I, for example, as a sales manager, I have to train everybody. Plus I have to manage sales, etc. In the future, if they had a virtual training system, they did it correctly. The sales manager could still put the content in there because maybe they are the expert. The system can do the repetition, the practice, the role play, the testing, and the accountability. And then I just press a button and hold you accountable in real life. Like, for example, hey, by Friday, everybody needs to log in and learn what we're doing for the advertisement this weekend sale. So everybody here needs to log in and listen and learn what we're doing to drive traffic into the company this weekend and how we want you to handle that traffic. Now, if on Friday, that's all I said in the meeting. Now on Friday, I press a button. I will know who did what I told them to do. I will know who understood the material based on the testing. I will know who needs personal help, meaning maybe I look at it and I'm like, hey, everybody gets it, but Scott had a little trouble. So now I call you, Scott, come on in. You come in and now I personally cover it again. I don't make you go train again. Or if I didn't have time, I would say, Scott, you need to train until you pass that test. See me when you're done or don't take customers this weekend. 
See, it's just a tool. It's not going to replace a manager. It's not going to do anything except enhance the ability and the time of a manager. Like if some companies have training personnel, meaning that's all they do is train all day. They can't train as well as technology can train. So what they do is they should provide their training personnel a system. And the system is then used by the training personnel to train more, better, faster, consistently with perfect accountability. I know who's logging in, who's not. I know who's failing, who's succeeding. I know who understands it and who doesn't. I know everything because the system's tracking everything in real time. And Okay, so we've got um, one of our listeners who, as I say, they're on their own. What are some of the things they should be, you know, if they're looking for a cardo and you are one of the other ones, maybe you can, or I don't know if you're able to actually name the ones that they should be looking for, but how do they go about selecting what one they should go for? I mean, they all do great sales pitches. You know, they, they, when they phone you up, they, they, they all sound very convincing. I don't imagine it would be wise to take them all, but how should they narrow it down to the one that's re- relevant or suitable for them? Well, ultimately, it boils down to delivery. You know, if, if you love how Grant Cardone delivers content, and let's say him and I were delivering the same content, well, then who do you like better, me or him? You know, although him and I are a lot, you know, pretty similar in ways. But then there's someone that's the exact opposite of Grant, right? And with the same content, well, then you would probably pick that person because you like the way they deliver it better. They come across their personality, their social brand. I mean, it just depends. But in my opinion, you pick it based on what you need. You know, if you're trying to get an increase in sales and motivation, Grant has proven his ability to do so. So you would pick Grant Cardone. If you wanted to um, lower your liability from sexual harassment, well, then Grant doesn't train that. You would pick somebody else. The question is, is how are you going to deliver, track, and measure it? Got you. That, okay. That's the question. All right. Well, what, one that's fascinating me is we've clearly established the importance of training. Um, for the companies that do have... Um, or, or for the people out there that are company owners that have staff, as someone that's trained a lot of salespeople or that's done a lot of training in general, for someone that has salespeople, what are some of the things that you look for in the recruitment process before you actually bring them on, put them through the training? You know, is there maybe two or three or five things you look for? I look for when I, what, hire somebody? When you're hiring a sales team, when you're hiring someone in market, you know what are some of the characteristics that you're looking for? I look for people that are positive, happy, um, driven, coachable, um, and nice. Yeah. What about experience? Do you bother with experience or are you confident in your training platforms and your training ability that even someone going from a stand and start that you can get them to the right level or is that, you know, do you look for people that have been in sales for 20 years? Well, sometimes you've run into people that have been in sales for 20 years, but they haven't learned anything. They, they did the same thing over and over for 20 years. So they're just doing the wrong thing for 20 years. doesn't make them any better. So it's hard to tell in some cases. So I always appreciate experience. Obviously, you learn through experience as well. So if someone has experience, it's definitely factored in. But you've got to be careful because just because you've been doing something for 20 years doesn't mean you've been doing it right. So at the end of the day, if someone has 20 years experience of doing it wrong and they come in here and that's what they do is what I don't want them to do, well, then I would rather have someone brand new that doesn't have any bad experience. Uh, But it depends. So again, technically, I prefer people with experience. I prefer people that know closing, sales, understand relationship. Like if someone went through Cardone University, that's a benefit to me in pretty much any company. If somebody went through my training, closer school, that's beneficial for me in any other company. But if somebody went through Cardone U or mine and they didn't learn anything, well, then it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm, true. The, qu- the question is, is how do you know? Well, yeah. you don't. So what do you need to do? You need to provide training no matter who they are. 
on the specific things that you want them to know. If someone with a lot of experience goes through a course, they'll get through it like this. You'll, you'll see that they know, you'll have full accountability, and on you go. The, the, you know, it's a no-brainer. It's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, if you want to sell more, do more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Of course it does. Absolutely. People, people always call them like, how do I double my sales, Brad? And I say, double your activity. <laughs> and they're like, well, I mean, how do I double my sales without doubling my activity? Get better. Well, how do I get better? You train and you learn and you, and you, and you grow and you develop. See, there's only two things, do more or get better and preferably both. So if I have a salesperson making 20 calls, selling 10 deals on average, have them do 40 calls and I'll bet you they'll double what they sold. Once they are utilizing all of their individual time and now they're, let's say, talking to 100 people selling 40, which is, let's say, amazing. They're excellent. Okay, well, that's because they've done as much as they can do. Now get better. Now let's say you start training them and they get better. Well, now they sell 60 out of 100 because they're better. And then eventually you just scale and duplicate that process. And pretty soon you have a sales team that's really, really professional, really, really skilled. Most companies you'll see top 20% of their sales team does most of their business. Why is that? Well, because they're saying and doing things the other 80% are not doing. And 90% of the time it's because nobody trained them to do it. Or nobody recognizes that they're unwilling to do it and nobody's getting rid of them. Just all comes back to training then. And and one just to pick up on something you said there, Brad, and, and, and I asked this because, well, um Lightspeed do a, a fair few millions in terms of turnover. Uh, obviously a clearly a successful company. You spoke about scale. I would like to ask yourself as a CEO of a company that does that type of turnover that is obviously successful. How do you scale? What are some of, if I was looking to scale my business and you were giving me advice on it, what would be some of the things, apart from training, that you would say, right, you need to do this, or you have you thought of that, or you know, recruit more people? What would be some of the things that you would say to business owners wanting to scale, apart from training, that they should do? Use the money they have in the bank and quit holding on to it with a scarcity mindset. Um, hire people because you are limited as an individual. Some people say we only have 24 hours in a day, which is not true. We've got unlimited time, but we have to use our money to hire more people. So I would say if you're looking to scale your business, just do it. It's not rocket science. It, scaling your business means you need systems and processes in place that can be duplicated rapidly. So other than training, if I have one salesperson, I need to have a hundred or if I'm doing one advertisement campaign, maybe I need 10. So basically scale is just to do more than what you're doing and have systems and processes to do so. I, I would say a small company that wants to grow, set in place your foundation and your systems and your processes in order to grow because otherwise you're just going to scale chaos. Yeah. And, and, and how, because listening to you know with the you know in terms of the uh, dropping bombs and your connections that you see on social media you're clearly a man with connections and a network how important is a network how do you grow it you know give me some ideas around that to grow a network well number one is you know my my quote is the more hands you shake the more money you make you know, you grow a network by introducing yourself. You go, you grow a network by intentionally going out and, and meeting new people. A lot of times people don't really make an effort to meet new people because again, strangers have what you want. Strangers need what you're selling. Strangers is who you should be meeting. But yet, what are we taught as kids? Never speak to strangers. Oh, that's bad information, man. If you really want to grow and succeed, you need to unlearn a lot of things. Too many people are out there trying to figure out what they need to learn, when in reality, they need to unlearn. And so, as the CEO of the company, 
Uh, maybe not now. Maybe these networks are... I mean, I'm sure you're still going out and developing new relationships, but was that what you'd done in the earlier stages to meet the likes of Grant and Damon John is to physically cold call on these people, use your current network, and just grow it the, the, the sort of hard and old-fashioned way of cold calling and, and, and reaching out to people? Yeah, it's pretty much just being open and, and, and being gregarious, looking to meet people like, why did I agree to do this podcast? Mm. Like now I know Scott in Glasgow. Next thing you know, dude, two years from now, I could be like, hey, let me call Scott and see if I can get that arranged. (laughs) Boom. Why? Because I was open to doing a podcast. Absolutely. Now I know know you. Absolutely. Um, Okay, then. So uh, because now the thing is, how come we have never heard the Lightspeed VT in the UK? You know, you've got a reseller. Yeah, well, we do have com- a few companies in the UK, and even in Scotland, you've heard of Arnold Clark, I'm sure. Absolutely, huge. They use us. Nice. Big, big, uh, big be hard to let you know, top of the morning to you. But, oh, that's Irish. That's Irish. It was close to Irish. It wasn't quite yeah, Irish. Scot- Scotland is more like, did it rain yesterday? Well, it's a stereotype Scottish, but, but you're close. I'm close. If I hunt, if I live there for a little while, I'll get your accent now. Ah, one day you would pick it up within a day. Did you see your friend Grant Cardone? He came to Glasgow. Um, he he was trying the Scottish accent. Didn't quite work out. Yeah, he's he's uh he's, his accents need a little work. <laughs> right. Let me um let me ask you one more question, Brad. Um, we're doing a podcast. We're doing a vlog on work ethic. And and, yeah. and 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 this is a fair, I think this is so obvious, but I think so many times people forget about it. But we're doing a podcast, we're doing a, a vlog on work ethic and in particular sort of hard work. How much is hard work well what is your thoughts about hard work, about you, your staff, and how much has hard work played a part in your success? Well, I'm the wrong one to ask because I don't think I work hard. I don't think I've ever worked hard other than when I worked hard once and I quit because I don't like hard work. So what's your uh, view, what's your language in terms of, you know, how you, because um, you know the concept I'm talking about, make dozens and dozens of calls. What, what, what do you call it? Working smart? Well, again, I mean, at the end of the day, unless you have blisters and soreness, it's not hard work. It's just work. Okay. And, and you're going to need to work to get things done. So again, I mean, half the times you take people that are saying they work hard, they're not even working hard at all because they don't have blisters and they don't have sore bodies. That's hard work to me. Got you. But when people say working hard, what they really are trying to say is they, is they work a lot. Okay. And working hard and working a lot are two different things. Number one. Number two, there's going to be times where working hard or a lot is not the answer. Working smart is the answer. So depending on what you're trying to accomplish will determine what what you need to do. I would say that consistency plus time equals a result. So if you want a result faster, put in more time, right? Yeah. If if, if you're saying, hey, I want to grow my business. Well, the more time you put into that, the, the usually the quicker the result. So when someone says, hey, I'm working really hard, usually what they mean is they're putting in a lot of time. Got you. And, and, I, and I agree with time, but then again, dude, you can work your whole life and end up a broke, alone, rich individual. What's that purpose? So I don't agree with, you know, grinding your face off. I agree with, you know, working smart, putting in the time and consistency necessary to get the result you're looking for. And everybody has their own opinion as to what that is. Success, you know, there's no key to success. It's a combination and everyone has their own. You might consider me successful where I know people that would consider me not even close to successful. Matter of fact, if they had my money, they'd probably commit suicide or go bankrupt. So, I think I'm successful doesn't mean the next person will. So what do you think success is? That's what you have to define. 
Don't worry about what everybody else thinks is successful. Figure out what you believe is successful and then build a life to that. To where you might only make $200,000 a year, but you go on six vacations with your loved ones and sleep in tents and man, your life is 100% happy and fulfilled. Well, I would take a guy that's making $200,000 a year completely happy and fulfilled as more successful than the guy making $2 billion that hasn't seen his kids in six months. Now that's just me. There's other people that they would rather have the, the $2 billion and no family life. Listen, everyone has their own opinion. You have to find yours. You have to decide on it and you have to act on it. What most people do is they're watching everybody else to determine what everybody else thinks is successful and then they go after what they assume success is and they get that money and they get that job and they get that life and then they're not happy. They're not fulfilled. They don't feel like they've accomplished anything. And it's because they didn't ever decide what happiness looked like. They didn't ever decide what success was. They took somebody else's opinion of success, society, an influencer, a particular group, and they said, oh, that is what everybody thinks success is, so I'm going to go get that. They go get it and realize I'm not happy. Why? Well, because you just, you just tried to get what everybody else thought success was rather than figure out what success means to you and then go after that. Go build that. Design a life you want. Brad, I, I think on that note, it's probably very fitting to wrap up there. Um, th thanks so much for, for the time spent. Um, certainly, I've took a lot of stuff from it. Um, I, I know the, the training aspect and you are preaching this stuff every single day. Uh, so I appreciate you spending the time educating us on the importance of it and, and some of your other beliefs around business. Uh, so thank you. My pleasure, man. And listen, if any people want to hear more of this type of thing. That's what dropping bombs is. Well, we tell me, where can we find you? Tell us, where are you online, the podcast? Tell us that. The podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are. Um, you know, it's getting pretty popular. Ultimately, it's called Dropping Bombs. You just type in Dropping Bombs. And, um, you know, there's a couple hundred episodes or so. Um, from all kinds of people, Grant Cardone, Marshall Silver, all kinds of people. And ultimately, we just shoot the shit and talk about situations, stories, problems in a laid back setting. It's, you know, a lot of people think it's funny, but it's also entertaining. And, 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 and uh, you, pick up, you pick up little solutions and, and answers along the way. I, a lot of people like it. I'd recommend you at least go listen, unless, unless you don't like fun then don't do it yeah I, I, I would I would testify I, I, I'm a keen listener I, I would highly encourage people to go and listen in who, who was your favorite guest who's out of the 200 or so episode who, who's your favorite guest you know it's hard to say because I learned from so many but um you know I've never really thought about that but I would have to say one of my favorite guests is you know at Charlie Rocket you know Charlie Jabalay at Charlie Okay. On Maybe he, some of the guests can check it. Maybe some of the listeners can check him out. It's not one that I'm familiar with, but yeah. But I mean, there's so many. Ed Milet was awesome. Damon John was awesome. Grant Cardone was awesome. I mean, everybody that comes on is awesome, and the reason why is because we're just talking about their life, their experience, what they've what they've witnessed, and there's value in every single one of them. And what's cool is like I did one where it was just a buddy of mine. I said, let's do one of these. Somebody emailed us and said that conversation stopped him from wow. contemplating suicide. That, oh, that's, that's powerful. Um, and we were just shooting the shit about life. And, it, and whatever we said got him to stop thinking, I think I'm done. And, and they wrote, they, he wrote us a letter. And I'm like, Man, we weren't even talking about that. And guess what? It, it might have saved a life. So listen, we just get on the microphones. We have a conversation just like me and you are having right now. And, you know, we start out talking about sales, end up talking about high school girlfriends or boyfriends. 
you know, we, we start talking about how to scale a business and end up talking about, you know, making movies. I mean, you never know, but it's, it's good entertaining content with people that have a lot of experience, whether good or bad. Because again, I don't, I don't think you should only learn from one person. I think the smart people are learning from everybody. Well, Brad, why did you, this is a personal thing for me, why did you stop the, the sort of weekly vlog that you were doing? What was it, making moves? Was it making moves? Yeah, it was making moves. Yeah, because it took too long and too much time to sit there and, and, and record everything I'm doing. We're still doing, we're still making the content. We're just not releasing the episodes because I want to repurpose those uh, people, that, that personnel, to, to make content that, that makes a bigger impact right now. That was more a hobby and fun. And I got work to do, to, do to, to, to just make content for nothing. Yeah, fair, fair enough. All right, Brad. You got a busy day? I do have a busy day. Good. Deals popping in, people waiting at my door. Good, go and kill it. Thanks very much. All right, Scott, thanks, man. Send me a link and I'll share it with my people when, whenever you're done. Well, do. Appreciate that. Thanks, Brad. All right, man. Talk soon. See you now. Bye. So there we have it. The real Brad Lee, founder and chief exec of Lightspeed VT. One thing to point out, ladies and gents, is that the information that Brad shared there is not just his information. Well, it's his information, but it's been gathered from some serious players within the business world. So, Please take on board for the benefit of yourself and the benefit of your business. Take it on board. I learned a lot. I'm hoping you learned a lot. Thank you once again. I sincerely appreciate you joining us in Weekly Business Talk. Please go and leave us a review. Five star if you like it. We look forward to speaking to you again on Weekly Business Talk.